0: Are you gonna try and out posh me, Anthony?
1: Never. That'll never happen. Ever. <laughs> it's, it's not possible. It's just not possible. Um, you're both far too posh. We're, we're just bringing the common to this here to <laughs> this here podcast. Um, you're, gonna, I'm... you're gonna have so much editing to do. It's untrue. <laughs> Great.
2: Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Full named. Full name.
1: <laughs> Sunday name. Sunday name. I'm in trouble.
0: so hi everyone we are joined today by anthony riley and luke judson of cheap bot wrestling i also went to university with anthony
1: you did indeed we had many good times we even got luke drunk once in fact no twice in in good old banger good old banger oh them were the days weren't they they were the days the the night you thought you could handle quad vod and cokes and it uh, turns out you couldn't. God loves a trier, though.
0: But, I mean, how much room really was there for the Coke in
1: that? There really wasn't. It was completely transparent when he brought it back from the bar. <laughs> it was like the smallest. It was the smallest dash. But hey, you know, you can take the lad out of Warrington. Can't take Warrington out of the lad. If you, if you see an offer, you've got to go all in.
3: See, I thought we were going to be nice to each other on this <laughs> one. You know, we we put the we? rivalries aside, but... Okay. All right, (laughs) let me amend some of my jokes real quick then. (laughs) Carry on. I'll get you back.
1: We're we're Were getting all all the levity out of the way early on because this this has the potential to be a very sad podcast.
0: I hope not. It is a sad film. We're going to be discussing The Wrestler, which makes sense because you guys do a wrestling podcast.
3: Would you like to tell us a little
0: bit about it? An
3: idea we came up with, it started off just kind of predicting outcomes of, of certain shows. We made a little competition out of it. We did sort of a Luke versus Ant, and then whoever wins the most amount of matches wins that event, and then we thought we'd do, you know, have some stakes uh, at the end of it. It was supposed to culminate, really, in uh, in a family wedding that I was supposed to come to, but, uh, but unfortunately, COVID stopped that from happening, so we've kind of extended it, and we're keeping the, the rivalry going, keeping the competition going. Um, I should that's probably point one. out
1: we are related. Um, I wasn't Before inviting was him so. to to one of my family's weddings just because I like him. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are cousins. Uh, wrestling um, goes way back to when we were when we were tiny people uh, wrestling and breaking our grandparents' beds uh, because that's what you did as a kid that watched wrestling. You just mm-hmm. mercilessly beat the crap out of one another. Uh, and and we lived, obviously there was. Um, Myself, Luke, uh, Johnny, Luke's brother, and um, some of our other cousins as well were just obviously fanatics. I'm pretty sure Luke is the one that got us onto it. To be, he's to the be bad quite influence. honest, he is the bad influence. He's the elder, um, so he, he's definitely the bad influence. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just something that we we loved watching as a kid. As kids, we you know we played the video games, we collected the figures, we we did everything. Any family reunion or family trip ended up in just six lads just rolling around ruining the piece of Hay country park um (laughs) because we were hitting each other with whatever instruments of destruction we we could possibly find so um yeah and and now luke lives over in california um because he decided to just desert the family Uh, (laughs) if, if, if you want that story you're gonna have to tune in to cpr cheap pop wrestling podcast uh for the full for the full background <laughs> and cheap plug uh but yeah and and i live i live obviously um still in blighty in in chester and it was a really really nice way of us to kind of um get together uh keep in touch but as as luck would have it you know we were we were kind of chatting obviously regularly about wrestling anyway um and then and then the big vid hit um mm-hmm. and and it's just it's brought us even closer and and it's just it's just a good way to kind of it's brought people together from from three different time zones uh so yeah it's it's good fun it's a great way for us basically to just act like kids again and talk about things that really we probably should have grown out of um but as you will probably hear i refuse we, 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 we get a little nerdy we get a little nerdy over it but uh we love it we love it
0: you You do not need to apologize to either of us about getting nerdy about your chosen topic. I think we are definitely here for that. I think that's a beautiful story. I would also like to take some credit for maybe catalyzing you actually having the balls to release it
1: true oh. true <laughs> there was I don't think I ever told luke this, but there was a there was a <laughs> there was a challenge laid down okay and um Obviously, Kavan Kavan also being being a wrestling fan, um, mm-hmm. a, a closeted wrestling fan. Um, obviously, w- hey,
0: wrestling being a, a closeted wrestling fan earned me so many brownie points when I was working in a CAMS service. So that's child and adolescent mental health services. So many brownie points. I connected <laughs> with so many uh, like young young lads that way. It was such a good way in when we were trying to like connect and talk about what's going on for them. The fact that I knew who Roman Reigns was was a yeah.
1: big Amazing. plus. Amazing, and, and this is this is the thing that we sometimes forget as as older wrestling fans, as you know, the 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 latter millennials in our in our mid thirties. Sometimes mm. we kick, we kick off royally about the things that we see, but you know, maybe not the things we'll talk about on this episode. But kids are the you know kids are the main audience for some of these shows and, mm-hmm. and bringing these superheroes to life. Um, definitely. But yeah, Kavan, Kavan mentioned um, to me as we were catching up one day that uh, her and Dave were thinking of starting a podcast mm-hmm. and um, all and we'd been rehearsing and practicing and messing around with it for probably over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we, we, we kept threatening to do it and never did. And WrestleMania was approaching and it was mm-hmm. like, and then, that the challenge was laid down. Imagine if, imagine if we did our podcast before you even did, and you've been doing <laughs> it for ages. And imagine oh. if we got to x amount of listeners before you did. That would be embarrassing, right?
2: <laughs> that sounds exactly like you as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, was yeah, it. I know that. that was it. We that... owe oh,
1: you
3: a massive thank you, then, Kavan.
4: You're welcome for, for
3: yeah steering us in the right direction. We might ne- <laughs> we might never have released it. We might just still be talking about it amongst ourselves. I'm spending hours editing editing this together just for me to hear. <laughs> but, so yeah, thank you.
0: And and I'm sure a little bit of peer pressure. A little <laughs> bit of a little bit of competitive peer pressure <laughs> from an nothing old new housemate. Yeah, <laughs> nothing
1: wrong with it. All from it's all down to Dr Doctor Sanger. yeah In the uh yeah, in, in in the reason why we're up there. So yeah, there you go. Thank you, Doctor.
0: I like to think I'm I'm uh my personality type is more driver, which works well with creatives. Who who tend to be amazing. just sat on the sofa
2: eating biscuits. Well, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: that's me. Yeah,
1: yep. I hear yep. you, man. I hear you. There was the, the, there was no I'm more motive. <laughs> there was no more motivating force at uni than seeing Kavan come home and realise that we hadn't cleaned up. Uh, ah! So <laughs> there's the, there's a look there's a look that um, only the undertaker could could equal. Oh, nice. uh, see, bringing the rest of it in there. Yeah, I love there, it. see. Um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You do, you do need that that driving force.
2: Let me tell you, Anthony, that look has not changed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's when the eyes roll into the back of her head and all the lights, all the lights turn purple and smoke appears. It's very strange. It's very really
2: <laughs> impressive. Like production value on that is hella good. <laughs>
1: oh, brilliant.
0: Where do you think all my money goes at the end of the month? <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't understand where she hides the cloaked minions. That's the weird thing.
3: <laughs> did they just pop out the, the 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 wardrobe yeah 20 of them somehow
0: yeah 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 i just i have to uh keep them on a retainer at all times <laughs> <laughs>
2: so folks oh. we're we're here today sorry to break out guys uh we're here today
3: to to chat about uh the film the wrestler starring mickey rourke
2: cheers
0: and guys
3: and i'll bring the sex appeal cheers. obviously yeah I'm brought in (laughs)
0: love it (laughs) a little bit of that northern twang that's what we've been missing
3: anything to make you sound good (laughs) so
2: in the wrestler washed up wrestler Randy the Ram Robinson or Mickey Rourke uh, tries to keep his life moving forward as he comes to terms with his age catching up with him he has to give up the spotlight of pro wrestling for a quieter life and after suffering a wrestling induced heart attack he has to give up the spotlight of pro wrestling for a quieter life after suffering a wrestling induced heart attack. He tries to find solace in Cassidy, Marissa Tomei, a lap dancer at a local club after he doesn't after this doesn't work out. He tries then to connect with his daughter, but has to compete with either falling back into the life of a pro wrestler and all the shortcomings and trappings of that. finding himself in a normal life. As he misses an opportunity to connect with his daughter he finds himself once again alone. He turns back to wrestling with his last opportunity for redemption returning to the ring to fight his old nemesis Ayatollah. In the dramatic final scene we realise this will be his final fight.
0: This was a difficult film to watch. I think most people are well aware that it is a, a, a sad one and tackles a lot of difficult issues but for anyone who isn't aware of the film and would like to watch it, just as a bit of a warning, it does include some quite gratuitous scenes of violence. It covers drug abuse, casual sex, persistent pain, and a loss of identity and what it's like to grow old in in today's society, as well as having difficult family relationships. So if any of that would not be a good thing for you to engage with right now we will see you on the next episode take care guys okay so who who would like to start when i tend to start i then rant and dave doesn't get a look in i didn't know if you wanted to start or if you guys <laughs> wanted to add some context first or if you want to du- duck in
2: i guess was it, was there, what was it
1: that you that really took you that really that you really liked about the film hmm. um um it was it was kind of the gritty brutal realism t- t- to be honest um of just i suppose being forgotten um that kind of how harsh this the world is of, of professional wrestling um, you know the life of a wrestler there's not many there's not many jobs that and and lifestyles that you would choose to have that ask so hard like a lot of mm. a lot of these um you know athletes are on the road 350 days of the year um and i wish that was an exaggeration it isn't they're just and especially back then so i mean now now things are at least a little different because you know we've got we've got this we've got technology you know you can you can still see loved ones and that kind of thing but obviously the 90s was different and certainly from Randy's Randy's era the 80s you know that is a that is a old school you know macho just um horrendous time really of kind of a mentality that you know it it was almost mafia like i guess luke you'd probably agree um in the way they were the behavior um the boys on the road that that kind of thing so it was it was really fascinating to see just yeah how, how how you can you know go from being Being the number one being being a huge star to just being totally forgotten and trying to do whatever you can just to just to pay your rent just to you know get some money together yeah
0: and that was something that um i remember you were you were really struck by as well dave i think you're probably probably i'm not i'm making a big assumption from about you guys but probably the only one of us who can really relate to the the elation of what it is to, to be on stage or having that much adoration and then going back to, you know, a bit of a normal life.
2: Yeah, it, like, it, like th- thank you. It wasn't like that as, as crazy as living like muggly. But, yeah, like, I've, I've performed, um, performed in theatres and there's been people, like, screaming at you. Like, not at you, but... but like, <laughs> <laughs> It's you again. Get off! <laughs> Get off! <laughs> Wait, that was you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is it is a, a weird, a weird thing. Like um, when the when the um, when the show finishes, and then you come out and you have a chat with people, and there's people screaming like wanting autographs and things. And I don't know why they want my autograph. But, yeah, cool, right? But it's it's a lovely experience to have. Mm. And then to go from straight from that, and, and we we had a, a point where. Um, We were just eating dinner and there was, like, people outside the windows, which was utterly bizarre. It was, like, weird, like, just looking at them going, hi, yeah, yeah, right, cool, I'm just trying to, yeah. Um, But it was, yeah, utterly bizarre to to go from that to then when when the job finishes, just, like, of nothing. Like, it doesn't, you don't, nobody cares for you, which is a weird, a weird juxtaposition. Like, you're used to that. Adoration the whole time mm. to yeah. to nothingness, which mm. is what yeah. I think this film really does well is that you can hear in the moments and you can see the like the adoration of the crowd, like the everybody wants everybody wants to touch him to be to be part of it, and then after there's there's one point where two guys come up for an autograph and mm. then leave and that's it, and he's like oh yeah cool okay right well I guess I'll just go and get in my car then yeah
1: yeah. yeah absolutely and and in his mind as well the all the all those long shots where we're following him the whole time and it's you know in his mind he is you know th- th- there's a term step stepping into gorilla within wrestling so um named after um gorilla monsoon who basically it, it's the position behind the curtain right before you go out onto the ramp and you and you make your entrance ah. and and one of the one of the first one of the Big things that kind of made me quite emotional was when he's when he's at work, he's in you know he's in the deli, he's in the supermarket, and you're following him, and you get those little glimpses as there's, there's noise, machinery noise and stuff. You get the crowd kind of swelling mm-hmm. and, and disappearing, mm-hmm. and it's it's when he stops in front of the curtain, and in his head he's still that guy, he's still yeah you know, Randy the Ram, yeah, um, and then he steps through it and he washes his hands and he goes to work, and it's heartbreaking because he did that walk so many times, you know, thousands Mm. upon thousands of times and was greeted Mm -hmm. by, you know, by people. And it's, you know, he's, he's, he accepts it, you know, he walks through and then it's again, that slow build of, you know, he's, he's miserable. But then as he starts to have the banter with people, all of a sudden that kind of those, you know, endorphins or whatever it is kick in, Mm. And he starts Mm -hmm. to have that, you know, he becomes the showman again. Um, Mm, But it is, it's heartbreaking. (laughs) And again, it's a, you know, it's a lifestyle you choose, but I do think after a point, it becomes an addiction to mm. yeah. not just the physical side of it, but getting that reaction off people, you know, the crowd, the adrenaline pump, you know, looking mm. for that. You know, it's it must be hard being like a footballer mm-hmm. or a sports person in general where you Absolutely. get to that point in your, in your late 30s, your mid to late 30s, and you know you've got to retire. Mm-hmm. But at least for the most part anyway, You've still got your you're physically, you're still able. Mentally, you're still okay. Mm. Wrestlers just keep going. And, and we've seen countless wrestlers over the years who you just know, you know, I mean, Undertaker being a prime example recently, yeah. you know, he should have retired years ago, should have done it. How um, many
0: times has the Undertaker retired? Once. Yeah. In my um, head, it's a lot more. It's a lot more that he's retired and then he's just decided to come back. Is it only the once?
3: Well, he, in in later years, he, well, he knew his body was breaking down. So he kind of stuck to the once or twice performance a year to kind of, Mm. you know, uh, sell the tickets. But he's, he's got a very uh, good documentary that came out uh, last year, Mm. which talks about why he just carried on all those years and what he was looking for was that that perfect send-off. Like, he had so much passion mm. for the craft. And so every match he seemed to have, he was getting a little worse, a little worse. And he was like, no, not this one. Like, this isn't the one to go out on. And he would just kept trying to find that. Um, mm. It which, must be such a hard yeah. moment, uh, such a hard thing to catch yourself and go, right, no, this is it. Yeah. Like, mm.
2: I've got to call it. Because when you're a footballer, like you were saying, when you're a footballer, there's somebody there that decides for you. Yeah. No, you're not doing it anymore. Mm. Whereas... Yeah, in that situation, when you have so much power, when you have so much draw ticket for tickets, mm. yeah, then it's almost you have the the say on when your last one is, don't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely, yeah. You have, especially with prom- some promoters, and um, that it kind of showed a little bit. But it it was quite sympathetic to the, to the promoters. I felt the film, but you know there are yeah. some that just will milk you for all you're worth. And historically, you know, there's loads of stories about wrestlers, you know, being done over back in the old days. You know wrestlers beating up promoters for underpaying them and stuff and like just it's it it feels like it's a it's a much it's in a much better place now professional wrestling but Mm. certainly in the 80s and 90s you know again going back to that kind of macho attitude um and yeah it's you know men's men who you know they're they'll all just buddies drink together they're Mm. all you know just um like even if you want
0: an example of toxic masculinity that is it oh
1: oh, 100 percent. yeah it's the extreme of it's it's to the point where you know if they get injured in the ring they won't just call the match Mm. like the, the the unwritten rule is you keep going like some sometimes you'll get referee stoppage obviously if it's if it's really bad yeah but we've seen it you know we've been watching live events and you know there was cesaro who actually has a cameo in this film but he um he, he took a bad bump and he basically his tooth he, he knocked out his two front teeth but one tooth came up through his gum and out through his lip mm. and he he, he he finished the match <clears throat> like there was Jeez. you know blood coming from his mouth and and again apologies for the the gratuitous detail but we've not talked about death match wrestling yet which we will yeah, get yeah. on to yeah um but you know you don't you don't leave you don't just go to the back you don't call it yourself you keep fighting and then, obviously, when he got back into the back, you know, there was a huge round of applause. They're all super proud of him for, mm. for pushing through it. That's the mentality that you have day in the show day out. Must go on, yeah. If, the show if you're must injured, go on. Absolutely. If you're mm. injured, you shrug it off, or mm. you you get you know you get your meds, you get painkillers, you get injections, you get mm. you know you do you drink, and yeah. obviously, as as we see in the film, all those addictions raise the heads and it's a really yeah. you know th- there's a reason that the there's a reason there's a lot of wrestlers from the 80s and 90s who are no longer with us and yeah it's again people are probably listening and thinking why watch it <laughs> 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 what's the appeal <laughs> um and you know it it is it's th- there's a phenomenal documentary series um called dark side of the ring um which mm. just again there's th- so many of these stories and you can definitely see parallels where Randy's story here has been taken from certain other, you know, wrestlers. Um, one of which I think being Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Definitely, but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh It's not. It's not a healthy lifestyle in any way.
0: It's not, but it's fascinating how how people still aspire to go into it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the interesting thing, and something that I found actually quite frustrating about. This film was that we don't know anything about his backstory. It's all about him as an aging wrestler, but it sort of it insinuates several things around like his status, his status, uh, his, status yeah. his historical drug use, the fact that he wasn't a good father, that he has estranged from his uh, from yes. his daughter and whoever the mother is. And they sort of, they're these little suggestions about all of it, but you never even see, you know, like a flashback or, or a little bit of context. So you kind of just have to make all of that up. Yeah. But I think that they're probably, I mean, maybe it was just to kind of highlight this part of his life and it is just a snapshot. And then if you're interested, you, you go away and do your research, don't you? But it would have been interesting, I think, to see a little bit of where he's come from. How did he end up here?
2: I do think an interesting part about um, about Mickey Rourke in particular is that like he'd been through a lot of these issues himself mm-hmm. because he was a big star in the eighties and yep. then dropped out a bit in the nineties. Went through like turned turned to boxing because he did boxing when he was younger I and mean, he had a really good record as well. It was like yeah. twenty-seven and three or something. Yeah, he's like mm. yeah, he's really good. He was a hell of a boxer. Mm. Yeah, mm. And those are three draws. Those aren't three losses. <laughs> um, yeah, and then to yeah, I think he had problems with like drugs and with alcohol, which is which is quite common in 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 Hollywood in the '90s and '90s and like. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a, one of the the perfect people to play this this role in this film because he can he's got so much personal experience yeah that he can
1: draw upon. Absolutely, and I think he's 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 been in that locker room environment. He 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 knew people. Mm within the pro wrestling world. Um, mm. And again, that kind of, that world of steroids and and yeah. l- like you say, Dave, you know, um, the, the drug and alcohol abuse as well. Um, I, I think I read, I, can't, I might be thinking about something else, but I'm sure I read that he rewrote some of like the conversations and improvised quite a bit because he was, he, when he read the scripts, it, was, was he put off at first? Cause he was like, this isn't how people speak yeah, he, it... he just he didn't like it <laughs> from yeah. from
2: what uh, from what I can tell. Like, yeah, he wasn't a fan of it. So he was like, "Well, either I rewrite it or find somebody else." In which uh, Nick Cage was lined up to be to
1: to play the character. Oh my god, can you imagine? I I can imagine you imagine, how imagine? that oh would my god. be
0: <laughs> Ghost Rider? <laughs> to be in uh, the universe. Wow!
1: Wow! There is a that is a that is a very different timeline, right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we got Nick Cage and Conair, so it's okay. <laughs> True. But maybe that's he why he grew his hair out.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe.
3: wonder if it was about the same time, yeah.
1: No, I, I don't think it was. It was about 15 years between, I think. Yeah, yeah. Con was
3: like 1990,
1: early 1990s, right? I think. <laughs> oh, of course it was, yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's, it it's it was, was about...
2: Name.
0: I don't know.
1: It, don't it know. was about 96, 97, because it was... We had, we had, we had the triple whammy, we didn't we? Had, we had Con we had Face Off um and then we had was it snake eyes the other one but it was Mm. like that whoa all these incredible films that still still hold up i can't can't wait for the episode where you're going to face off i'm really very much (laughs) looking forward to that one yeah do we do we know
0: any cosmetic surgeons that we could get in as the expert you actually do i think
2: do i
1: oh we're on
3: we're, um, Ooh, can you okay. swap faces? Make sure to ask them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can it be done? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But I, I do think it's great that actually Mickey Rourke had a history in boxing because, and this is one of the main things that I kind of really picked up on in the film, is he clearly has, well, I think he's got a lot of trauma throughout his body, but he's clearly got some brain damage going on um and the main one that a lot of wrestlers from that era are now you know they've been trying to sue wwe for quite a while yeah around is um chronic traumatic encephalopathy but that's Mm -hmm. also known as punch drunk syndrome Um, thank you
2: for the 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 short term one yeah (laughs) or my
0: favorite term for it um dementia pugilistica it's like I think a is Harry great. Potter spell. I, I yeah. was going to say,
1: Harry Potter spell or black metal band.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's the fencer in me likes it because it's more sort of like pugilist.
1: Yeah.
2: For those that don't know, Kev likes to just go around putting on fences. Uh,
0: she does. Yeah. I think I just generally like combat sports. I did karate when I was little. I then did fencing at uni. Um, I then boxed for a few years. Shout out to Chester boxing. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I got in to WWE for a couple of years as well.
1: Th- this is why we were always scared of her.
3: <laughs> did, did you have any any temptation to do like pro wrestling school? Is that ever on your mind?
0: No, and mainly because um I have a phobia of falling and as a psychologist maybe that's something I should address. but i'm choosing not to (laughs) i mean it's kind
3: of an important thing about being a a wrestler (laughs) yeah yeah. sort of assumed that you may fall once or twice yeah
0: you can't really get over that also
1: also seems like a pretty normal fear to have um i don't like you know gravity is pretty natural right i'm pretty sure we all we all suffer from gravity uh and, and we try not to have too much of it in our lives
0: I, I would I would agree. So it, it's not one yeah. that I'm too fussed about, but it does mean that certain things become an issue. So yes, no, no wrestling for me. Um, <laughs> and the few times when we were doing sort of throws and stuff at karate, my general tactic was if it looks like I'm going to be tripped or thrown, I would grab hold of the other person's gi, which is their jacket, and I would basically put all of my weight onto them and then spin so that I would just land on top of them. That was, <laughs> 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 that was my whole plan. That's <laughs> is, that, is that cheating? Nice. Don't know, don't care. <laughs> 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 um, but, but yeah, I, this, this idea, I, I really do. I, I think watching it as a, as a mental health professional and someone who worked in a um, dementia assessment unit for a while I did watch a lot of the behaviors and actions of the Ram. He's clearly got some brain trauma there. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, punch drunk syndrome was also something that is experienced by a lot of boxers as well, Um, as well as a lot of other like contact sports. It's become a really big thing. And, and fortunately now we are thinking a lot more about how you protect sporting and entertainment professionals against these kind of stuff, but especially when he was wrestling in his heyday in the 80s and 90s, that's kind of like attitude era. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. rife. And we are now, yeah, we're, we're seeing the the effects of that. But like some of the, the main symptoms are things like um, sort of memory loss, you've got difficulties with emotion regulation and impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like low mood depression, um, disorientation. So as well as sort of not having a great memory, also not being that great at placing yourself in time and space as yeah. well. Um, and uh, you, you can kind of, you can, uh, you can see that he's really struggling with things like decision making throughout mm-hmm. and, and I think it's also it's really compounded as well by the fact that he is taking a lot of painkillers. I'm not quite sure which he's taking, but I'm just going to go ahead and assume opioids are in there somewhere, which, again, it's it's such an epidemic at the minute, like the difficulties with persistent pain being treated with yep. opioids. And the evidence is it doesn't work. But a lot of the time it's that. the health professionals don't know what else to do I now actually work in a pain management service and as well as sort of obviously treating it medically if that's possible but also looking at how we help support these people to have a good quality of life when pain is not necessarily something we can fix but what else do you do when you're when you're living in constant pain and you want to still be able to support yourself financially and go out and have a life and for him wanting the, the thing that actually is meaningful to him in his life, which is his wrestling. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um.
0: So you can see, you can see like this complete battle and he's kind of become his own worst enemy and it's a very vicious cycle, but there's no support to kind of help make any sense of that with him.
1: Mm. No. And it's, it's when, when it's all, you know, um, yeah, it's the, your, your, your safety blanket is this thing that is only going to make your life worse. Yeah. You know, to a point. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully they do take CTE a lot more seriously now. Um yeah. to the point where one one wrestler, um, Daniel Bryan, who retired young because mm. of the amount of concussions he'd had mm. eventually came back but was, you know, a relatively protected um well it, it's since so he's since jumped ship to another company. Um but he's um he's he since come out saying that you know Vince McMahon was actually very overprotective of him um likely mm. likely because of you know his history with with concussions mm. and now he's looking forward to to going back to you know his his what he was known for before in terms of his style of wrestling which is great news for fans but it does also fill you with dread because as a fan you love them so much you, the last thing you want to see is them them risk their lives for for our entertainment, you know? It, it gets to a point where it's, where it's too far, uh, for sure. Um, and, you know, obviously, I know when um, everything that happened with Chris Benoit, mm. um, in the post-mortem of that, uh, they said that tests conducted um, on his brain said that he looked like um, an 85-year-old Alzheimer's patient this Jeez. was a guy that was, how old was he? Was he in his forties when he, um, well, when he, uh, he kind when, of when he, when he murdered his wife and child and then and then killed himself. Um, absolutely horrendous. And again, was was well known for being one of, if not the best, technical wrestler. A phenomenal talent. But um, also, you know, his finishing move was a diving headbutt off the top rope, much mm. like the, the character Ram. from this film. Yeah um Mm. and again things like unprotected chair shots you know um people just used to take take it full pelt (laughs) and that has an effect a unbelievable effect that they didn't take seriously enough until well until uh, there was a wrestler called chris nowinski who um suffered quite a bad concussion um but he also was it was it a phd he had um really but but he, he he retired went into, you know, learn a lot about it and ended up, you know, forming kind of this movement. Um, And I think, I can't remember if he became a solicitor. Uh, This is terrible research. So I'm sorry, it sounds awful. Um, But yeah, he he basically now represents a lot of um, NFL players and wrestlers Ah. um, and set up a foundation, I think, to, um, you know, bring awareness to CTE. I think that's part of the reason why WWE cooled off on a lot of the heavier things you know the head trauma moves and that kind of stuff because of the clear effect it was having on people
3: yeah they they have a they have a, a, a if they do any chair shots within the company i think they have like a hundred thousand dollar fine now something like that wow for, just to really discourage anyone from from doing it now wow. Jesus. Um, yeah you haven't you haven't seen that stuff in in a good while
2: yeah i mean but in in the film you see you see chair shots but you also see like the um the staple gun as well Oh, yeah. That's got to have some effect on people, right? even though it's, only, it's purely a physical thing, but still.
0: That's... I think one of the things that I was really thinking about there was um, it, it's the, uh, the, the huge adrenaline rushes that people are thriving on whilst in that environment, which mm-hmm. is incredibly addictive in itself, but between the adrenaline and then the dopamine rush which is your reward chemical that you get for that cheering from a crowd. I mean, we are we're, as a species, we're hired, wired up to really respond to the, the adoration and the approval of others. We're social beings. It's kind of the hmm. thing that will mean that you survive and that you get to spread your genes, like if you're approved of by others. So you've got these two things running around you whilst doing these incredibly horrific things to your body and someone else's. But that's going to come with a lot of emotional as well as physical numbing. Like your brain and your, your central nervous system to adapt to be able to cope with that has kind of got to completely disassociate from it.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's got to have so many different effects like with, with that, like when you're, you're in pain but you're, you're also being cheered on, it's got to have like yeah. effects on so many different parts of your personality as well. Yeah. like I know quite a lot of your work For when you talk about it, is like sex related, so it must have some kind of effect on that as well.
0: Yeah, your both your you know your your ability to feel safe in your body that's going to be really really different the way that you relate to your body to other people's. Mm. Um, Oh god, it's it's so complicated the kind of relationship that that's going to then inspire.
1: It's um, it's scary and like so. So that particular scene that you're talking about, the the death match, um, style Isn't of nice. wrestling is it, it's a whole, it's a whole different world. Um, it's Dave bizarre. has
0: never seen really, has never really watched wrestling before as well. And I think um, trying to explain that scene to you was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the, you want to do a
3: good deep dive into or get a good look into death matches, um, David Arquette, you know the actor. He yep. uh, he's a very very big pro wrestling fan, and he uh, um, has kind of dabbled in it over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, more recently, he decided to you know actually give it a good go, and because he wanted to, I guess, prove himself, he took part in a lot of these death matches. Almost what? died in one of the matches. So he's got a good yeah. documentary out about it. Um, Jesus. So that will give yeah. you an interesting look. Again, um, gratuitous absolutely. warning, but yeah, uh,
1: it's um it is it's just it's scary but there is you know zero exaggeration in in the film as well which is Mm -hmm. something else that i was really impressed by in that you know sometimes they the filmmakers touch on and skirt around kind of the edges of a particular you know a particular world um but obviously they like to twist the truth whereas this was really kind of down the line it was you know mm. i think there's a reason why a lot of actual wrestlers have come came out at the time when it when it was released and you know i gave gave their nod of approval um and 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 you know i think i think enjoyed it and and felt like the film respected the their mm. profession um obviously some some obviously came out and and didn't like it as well as as always happens but uh death mass Wrecking, death match wrestling even is is frightening um you like the staple gun like a, a lot of wrestlers have the have the you know weapon of choice to have their gimmick um necro butcher who is the wrestler in that scene with with the ram has his mm. has his staple gun uh there's a guy called nick gage um who's kind of the the current era i suppose you, you'd really call him that current era king of king of death matches certainly in america <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's just done a he's just had a match with Chris Jericho on um on AEW. Um his his weapon of choice is a pizza slice.
0: Oh my gosh. See Chris uh, Jericho is not exactly young either.
1: Chris Jericho is a fifty year old man. And, yeah and yeah, and he bled profusely oh in that match. And, and Nick Gage is someone that he he technically died in the ring um a few years ago. Like he there was a so they they I don't think they showed it in um in this in the film but they have exactly Dave why um, <laughs> he's just they, he's no just reason. silently like waving his hands around <laughs> he um he he they have like one popular thing is like fluorescent light lighting tubes so, like those fluorescent strip lights mm-hmm. cuz obviously you can tie them together quite easily you can swing them but on impact they shatter and you get the powder you get the glass um as well it breaks with sharp edges so you can Use it in a stabby motion. It's very violent, um, but but those those were used. It's just it is it is frightening. But yeah, like the old pizza slice kind of uh, across the head is a popular one. Glass, any kind of glass that you can smash or put people through, barbed wire, thumbtacks, all that kind of stuff is just part and parcel of 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 that world. But yeah, in in this match that Nick Gage was having, one of these fluorescent light tubes ended up um. Was it in his neck or was it under his arm? I feel like it was under his arm, uh, but it sliced his main artery. No. And being the world of wrestling, tried to continue the match mm. until he blacked out and he he died. His his heart stopped in the ring, and they they gave him the paddles. They got him in, into the hospital, and when he came round, he tried to leave the bed so he could go finish the match. Yes. And and he and they said like they advised him to retire. Um, but said he'd have at least 12 months laid up and a few days later he was back in the ring um having another another match again this is just you know and again a lot of a lot of the, you know I won't I won't stereotype by saying you know a lot of these guys have horrendous backgrounds and that kind of stuff but quite a few do um and especially back in the ECw days which was extreme championship wrestling and mm-hmm. um, you likes of new Jack and there was a lot of guys that had rough upbringings and then all of a sudden you know a life of violence led to this um, and also people uh, but I,
0: I think they really show in the film as well that this is a family yes like randy doesn't have that many meaningful connections outside whereas he goes into the locker rooms everyone knows who he is everyone shows him quite a lot of respect
2: mm-hmm. which and is, they
0: have something in common it is a, a camaraderie there which is again
2: yeah. interesting that um, Mickey Rourke was chosen because he does have quite, or he did have quite a difficult childhood. Like he, with his his dad left. His dad was like an, a, a pro bodybuilder, and he left when he was like six years old. And then he moved with his mom down to Miami to move in with uh, move in with a guy who who like abused him, which is why he's got boxing mm. and, and he found that family that unity there. Yeah. And fought yeah. against everything else, and he, later on in his his life, like he hated most people in Hollywood, like he's just like yeah, they're just arseholes. He just, he doesn't like them, and he he doesn't respect any kind of authority either, and that's that's had like some kind of negative effects on his career and things like that. But still, I think that that leads to, unfortunately, a good actor is like somebody's been through the ringer a bit, mm. like that that can relate to these issues and these problems because they have very personal experience which can be quite difficult at times to, to, to revisit but that's yeah. what that's what creates those really impressive and those poignant moments when you're on screen as well mm. yeah. And that's what
3: sort of being a wrestler is kind of all about is is tapping into um, your personality and in often cases revving it up to 11. Yeah. So, mm. so there's. I found that quite interesting about about the movie, um, the fact that Mickey Rourke. So he's 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 letting his real life issues, um, become a character of a wrestler as opposed to just a wrestler. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's um, Jake, Snake Roberts, who was you know obviously his peak of his fame was the eighties and the, the early nineties. Um, uh, but again, life parallels to oddly enough not only Mickey Rock but you know Ram um the Ram in in the film as well you know again same story um was abused by his stepmom his dad abused his sister when they were kids um but again he he clearly had he clearly channeled that darkness from his past mm. so so in mm. his in and something that again we didn't see a lot of in the film but the, the promos of wrestling you know the bits that historically in the past were always the, the kind of awkward bits that if somebody walks into the room as you're watching it, you get a bit embarrassed at times, especially yeah. as you know, a classic WWE, WWF storyline of, you know, love affairs and all that kind of stuff. And you'd be like, oh, this is a bit awkward. But in the 80s, when you'd get the likes of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, and these guys who were on steroids... Who were shouty and loud, and you know, talking direct to you know all the brothers and sisters and the Hulkamaniacs, and they were super, <laughs> super amped up. Jake the Snake was completely different, and he's—I remember as a kid, he was one of the first people on TV that I was genuinely scared of, wow. because he was so calculated and slow, and just talked. You know, he was really incredibly calm, and it was so threatening. <laughs> but you loved him at the same time because of it like if you even though you had the size of Hulk Hogan the size of Macho Man and you knew you know they were just like classic tradi- traditional looking wrestlers there was something about Jake with that edge where you just thought he's probably the hardest man in the locker mm. room just because of how he delivered and it's worth you know honestly like looking back at some of his promo work from the 80s the and the 90s because he's just so methodical in every every syllable he delivers there's there's meaning behind it and it's it's just it was such a contrast to everything else at the time um and again it just i i always just wish there was a little bit more of that in the film to see like you said before kev about you know the history of him you know the background but also Mm. just obviously we got that nice montage at the beginning of to establish how big of a star he was yeah even just get glimpses of those those promos and his personality as, as the cause superstar
0: because he, he clearly is a shadow of who he was. Yes. So I think it would be it would be good to see see him at his heyday. Actually, see like the shift in his character. What mm. is it that he's he's had to learn from? What has he lost? What has he gained for better or worse? Um. Yeah, I'm also, I don't know, I'd love to know your viewpoints on the stuff with with his daughter, Stephanie. Because I I think I I watched that and I can see both sides. I've worked with people on both sides of that difficult dynamic. It very much seemed like uh, a part of the storyline that was written (laughs) from... From the father's perspective, I would say. I mean, the whole film is yeah. is from his perspective, so yeah, fine, you know. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt it felt like actually a very easy re- reconnection, and uh, they never really say like why he was such a distant father. It could just be the travel, or it could be a lot of other things as well.
3: Yeah,
0: but um, it sort of felt like what he got to you know he actually popped around to see her twice. He bought her a coat. Uh, that she didn't want that. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. He he said sorry and cried, and it was very it was very emotional. And I could see that that was incredibly difficult for him to do. But by the end of that that interaction. Um, she was linking arms with him and dancing mm-hmm. and agreeing to go for dinner a couple of days later. Um, and I, I can see how maybe whatever's going on in her life, she actually really needed that father figure. So maybe she was really willing to, and hoping that this would be different, but it did feel pretty straightforward. I didn't completely buy it.
3: little, a little generic wasn't it um I think and a, li- a, l- a little rushed too because yeah. um I th- yeah i think if i had to criticize that particular part of the story he when he first uh when he first tries to reconnect with her in the film um by all accounts like her incredible acting will make you think that she absolutely hates his guts and that there's no there's no coming back from that yeah, um, but it seemed to turn around very, very quickly. Um yeah. Uh, you know, he bought her a coat, and he <laughs> told her he had a heart attack. So he kind of guilt tripped her a bit there. I mean, obviously mm. he will be feeling more vulnerable, but uh, a bit of a guilt trip, nonetheless. And it kind of uh, that was kind of it. It's like okay, let's go on a date now. And let's let's be happy and smiley with each other. And um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: yeah.
3: And I then think...
1: yeah, I I don't know if she's just. She took so much pity on him. I mean, I think I think there's an element of of the charm that 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 kind of came mm. out of him. You know, when he's trying to coax her to come on. You know, what else have you got to do today? Oh, he's cutting and a promo on her, isn't he? he, he well, it's, <laughs> know, it's 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 that it's that kind of it's almost like a that dull flame of who he was. You know, mm. it's still in there. It still mm. has the opportunity. You know, he does the same um you know earlier on obviously as well when when i think it's the first scene when they're in the strip club and mm-hmm. you know he he kicks out the guys and she's super mad at him but he kind of obviously you know with money um but also <laughs> you know kind of sweet talks around he, you know he still got that inside him yeah i took it as she just saw she she absolutely does hate him but she and hates the reason why, you know, evidently he's gone back to him. I don't think he has the emotional intelligence to try and manipulate it to benefit him. I just think he's scared. I think he's mm-hmm. scared of being alone. He's, he's scared of, you know, all of a sudden he's, he's a mortal man. All of a sudden he's got an expiry date. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And all okay. through his life, you know, he's been the superhero that, you know, always wins in the end of the day. He's always been the good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he... He was terrified. I think she took pity on him, um, and it her was only
2: is, is quite extreme when when he when he's late to meet her. Well, like I the, think somebody's just taking pity.
1: No, I, I, I think so. But then, so so she spends the day with him. She she sees how kind of a shell of a man he is, and she you know it's it's her dad, and it's not even necessarily that they have a massive connection. I don't think it's just okay. I'll give him a chance. Mm. but then as soon as he drops that ball the first time of asking her whole childhood her whole life comes back yeah and it's no right yeah okay definitely done and and yeah. absolutely can't blame him for that but i do i agree with you kev you know it's it's absolutely written from his perspective but i think it has to be mm. i think it has to be because we need to go on that journey with him mm. um and we so that it builds so that at the end we're in agony him because he had he had so much opportunity to just make that choice and rebuild build a new life build the life that he missed out on yeah, yeah. And, and have that you know not necessarily a happy ending but have you know have a family and yeah. it was it, it was, was the curable. family on the other it, it was the family on the other side of the curtain you know he turns around doesn't he and says you know that's that's his family um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's
0: yeah but it would have taken more patience and it would have taken impulse control and you can see all these other things that are these other factors that just take too much of a hold at the end of the day it's too hard and it takes too much um executive function and logical reasoning and problem solving and all these skills that when you've got brain damage you Mm -hmm. just can't access yeah. You know, like the fact that he overslept. Yeah. Um, also, he had a very intense night the night before. He did. You know, he'd, he'd he he'd been drinking. Introduced a local lady been... to
3: Randy the Ram, didn't he? He did.
0: But he he overslept. But as well as like the the drugs, the the drinking, the sex, the the emotional state he was in. Also, mm-hmm. if he was taking a lot of painkillers, he's going to be heavily sedated if he's got brain damage, he's going to have disorientation and memory loss. There's all these other things. Like, it's actually, it's no wonder. Um, It doesn't seem like he's got an, he doesn't have a phone because he uses a payphone whenever it's, so it's not Mm -hmm. like he's got an alarm or a calendar.
1: No. Mm. No, absolutely not. Do you, my question, I guess, for you guys is, and especially you, Kev, given everything you know, certainly about CTE and that kind of thing, do you, do you think he went out on his own terms or do you think his judgment was far too clouded for him to really fully acknowledge and appreciate the danger that he was putting himself in
0: it's a really good question cte the um brain damage cool yeah yeah so punch drunk syndrome cool right yeah sorry the the less fancy term (laughs) 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 um Really good question. So from uh, putting my professional hat on, um, I would need to do um, I'd need to do a, an assessment um, to see whether he's um, at a point where he he can give sort of informed consent essentially, whether he can make those decisions for himself. Um, And there's a couple of different criteria for that. You need to be able to kind of give people all the information about something. You need to check that they can completely understand it. And then you need to check that they can retain that information. So give them a bit of time and then ask them to explain it back to you again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure whether he would pass that or not. He might, but he might not. Um, I would need to probably sit down with him, but I can see... On the one hand, um, yeah, it might be that this was 100% him being able to kind of finish his story on his own terms and see himself as the the guy that he wants to be remembered as, mm-hmm. you know, as that. Yeah. Was he a face? I'm assuming he was a face.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. It yeah, he really was. He was. Yeah, he, I mean, they, they painted him really, really quite well as the, almost the, the Hulk Hogan style, yeah. especially... Even you know, with his r- rivalry with the Ayatollah, which kind of mm. mimics Hulk Hogan's um rivalry with um the Iron Sheik uh mm. in the in the early nineties and um and Sergeant <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter as well. Uh the way that one kind of eventually went. Um yeah, he was definitely the the face.
0: Yeah. So I think on the one hand, yeah, I can see how like absolutely this could be him wanting to actually yeah making that decision that this is how he gets to finish his story on his terms he gets that final bit of glory Mm -hmm. um a bit like so we did an episode on shutter island um and then the end of that film is obviously like um did uh did did the main character leonardo dicaprio's character did he choose to basically euthanize himself yeah um Mm choosing to go out as the good guy um or was it that actually he was in a state where yeah he he he, yeah he wasn't in the state to kind of make that kind of rational clear decision um it's 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 a really difficult one and i think it's it's a moral issue more generally when we think about because you know actually it seems they don't tell you one way or the other, but it does seem like Randy might have died at the end of this fight. Like, I think he did. I think he probably did. Um, yeah. 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 Was that an act of suicide or not? Um, and it, it, it's that's the question: is was that a, a a rational decision made by him, or was that his his both his physical and his mental health meant that he. Yeah, he couldn't make that kind of informed choice mm. with the same head on that he would have. I don't know at a different point in his life. That's often that. Yeah. That's why you do risk assessments with people because, like, it might be that when you when you're suffering from like the real depths of depression, for example, it shuts off certain parts of your brain that that tackle problem solving. You literally can't have any hope for the future because you can't think your way out of it. And that's not your fault. That's that certain parts of your brain aren't awake right now and they can't mm. so that's that's why you seek help and you get support and i think that was the real tragedy for me of this film was that that support was not there anywhere apart from he did feel like he belonged in this this wrestling family and he was accepted yeah. there but the problem was that that meant he had to keep wrestling and that's yes. why he died
1: yeah
2: so it, it was it was with with that crowd but it was also with um marissa demay's character so he
0: did have some support there yeah and actually i think it would have been there but he it would have taken time and i think the he didn't have the impulse control he had the 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 thrill-seeking drive was too strong
2: which is exactly what you see at the end of the film when she goes to see him he sees her and still goes yeah Mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah absolutely and and you can see like why again going back to the, that family aspect you know there's a really sweet little scene where i think it's before the death match fight that he has where they've got a, they've even got a little room from him separate to the rest of the locker room i mm. mean it's literally like a janitor's closet like it's a tiny little you know space where they've put a, a little fold-up chair and a, a mirror in for him but he's got his own little private place to to get ready and then obviously you know when when he goes back and everyone's that excited to see him and you know they all cheer him and stuff as well when they get back and you see it in Mm -hmm. how every wrestler that he fights comes up to him and they're quite nervous but they're really excited as well and they're like i was thinking we could do this tonight and we could do these moves Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and it really is that family embrace and then yeah as soon as he gets rejected from what he sees as his potential family in the real world Mm. of course you're going to when you're in that his position when you've been through everything that he has been of course you're going to go back to the, yeah. the family that love and embrace you and and yeah want yeah. you to want you um, and it's I'll, always also, about
0: getting your needs met just because it is, it's not necessarily the most long-term helpful it gets your needs met enough and that's that's what we latch on to
1: absolutely if, if only he did a few more of those sign-ins like the scene when you know we could see everyone from his generation, and they had colostomy yeah. bags, and they were in wheelchairs, and and that kind of stuff. And there was like half a dozen people turning up to to get photos mm. with them and signatures and stuff. Mm. If only he had more more of those. But unless, in his mind, potential fun things, maybe, mm. maybe he'd still be with us. I'm talking about him like he's a real person. Uh, <laughs> um, but i think he, but he's so out. based
0: on real people isn't yeah. he i 100%, think that's 100%, yeah yeah
2: and certainly from from the background that you have with with the wrestling there's so many people that you can relate to that those issues too mm-hmm. yeah and that that background too and that story too of the right now i've got to try and get back into the ring like you mm. we were saying before with um i'm gonna get the name wrong with the undertaker um for example yeah, yeah. and i think there was one of the as well,
1: absolutely but yeah I mean there's there's been so many there's been so many you know Mick Foley's another one that you know has clear signs of CTE now he mm-hmm. was you know, the hardcore legend um, and yeah just physically completely broken um, thankfully still there relatively but you know he's another one that in years to come unfortunately we'll definitely see you know degrade o- over time just because of the amount of trauma he, he put himself through Mm. Uh, for something again that he just loved uncontrollably (laughs) it is it's it's just tragedy (laughs) it's like the the only the the only positive I guess is that now the it really feels like the current generation have a much healthier relationship with each other I mean Luke you will probably agree but like the way they get on the you know they don't just stay up drinking doing drugs and going to strip clubs all the time now like they play video games they stream things like they're, they're yeah. not constantly oh, it sounds like anyway obviously we're, we're not in the wrestling world we're just fans but it sounds like they're not constantly trying to stab each other in the back to, to get mm-hmm. the best spot you know they're clearly they're they're friends they're, they're groups of friends and, and they have more mm-hmm. going outside the world of wrestling as opposed to just the world of hmm.
0: how do you think that that um uh works with the the shifts in women's wrestling Do you think that that's had a positive impact or do you think that's totally unrelated?
3: Um, I mean, wrestling as a whole has has tried to, has had to go through a big makeover, Um, whether it be, I mean, aside from the the drug abuse and all that, the the women's wrestling really needed a change because of, you know, we talk about the attitude era and the so-called best era of wrestling. I mean, you know Mm. how the women were treated there, apart from... Very few, you know, standout athletic women. They were, um, you know, you could tell they were there to uh, appease the male fan base, the 18 to 30s and that. So, yeah,
0: it was no different from going to a strip club in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I mean,
1: literally, you know, they (laughs) just, I mean, you know, the king with his, you know, puppies, you tuned in every Monday night to, to try and catch a glimpse of, the puppies and there mm. were bikini matches and mm. mud wrestling and mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's and, literally and,
3: and, a, a match called bra and panties match yeah bra and so, panties match
1: where I've the whole just name on to what you mean by the puppies, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll, whereas, we'll
0: do whereas a deep now, dive later Dave. Yeah. whereas now <laughs> though you do have you've got the women's division and um and again some of the some of the stuff about what goes on in the background like you talk about the like they're all sat around playing computer games some of these girls are not only amazing athletes, but also really nerdy. Like they're playing the computer yes. games with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, they're people with personalities who knew totally.
0: Exactly. Who
1: knew? Mm.
3: And and savvy back. business women too. Yes. And, and and I mean social media influencers. I mean, say what you want about those, but they successfully market themselves and they mm-hmm. um, you know, earn their own dollar. Whereas as not too long ago the perception was that, that women had to latch on to a man to, to accrue wealth. So mm-hmm. there's been positive strides uh, in that regard too. Were
0: you going to say something, darling? No, no, I was just um,
2: thinking that, uh, going back to what you were saying before, Well, and then what you said as well, Luke, is about um, there being a, uh, a small number of, of, of people... Um, who we refer to, but also to keep in mind that it's not just w w e there are other forms of wrestling there's the British league and things like that, and there's a little like little to not really known people that have to go through these kind of issues also it's yeah. not just yeah. the the superstars if you like yeah, the, of the rest of
1: the, the indies absolute, the indie scene, absolutely. I mean, Ring of Honor, which is the promotion that you see a couple of times, and it's the promotion that he's wrestling for in his last match in the film. They're probably... I, do you think I'm right, Luke, in saying that they're like the... Almost the biggest independent wrestling company, in a sense? Did you see, did you see Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, if you don't count Impact. But no, Impact are more the... the...
1: They're like the lower, the lower end of the WWE side, really. Like the big, yeah, the big side. Ring of Honor's fair, yeah. R- Ring of Honor's where a lot of people, like certainly recently, a lot of wrestlers, got to a point and then made the transition. So they got so big on the independent scene. WWE bought them up. Um, but but you know you're absolutely right on like the independents. There's people that'll have had an entire life doing the same thing for far less money, for far yeah. less fame. And, and we'll have ended up, yeah, completely, completely broken, broken by it. Um, but again, they, they, love, they love walking into the bingo halls, into the, you know, the small conservative clubs and things like that and just putting on the performance because they, they love the craft. They love the art, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, a hot topic. A lot of people just like to think that wrestling is fake. It's the, you know, spandex, acrobatics. It's all, you know, you know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, the last word I would use is fake. Yes, it's predetermined and yes, it's scripted to a point. But um the the toll that it has, you know, it is incredibly physical and it's it's far yeah. from as, as we've discussed, it's far from fake. So yeah, there's there's people that um do all of that and go through all of that and they never they never get the big moment. They never get the crowd of ten thousand plus people cheering them on.
0: Mm-mm. But that's that's one of the the reasons I did get into it is because, yes, I mean there's a storyline. It's kind of like a violent pantomime soap opera, but the the athletic ability of some of these people is just incredible. And I did wonder because in the the death match scene, the guy he's against for that, he's the the least. Um, Fit looking person that he fights against.
1: <laughs> How dare I did, you, Come on. I, I, Body I did, shaming the necro butcher. <laughs> no,
0: but I did wonder if that was actually like a little bit of a sly diss on the fact that you know this. He's had to kind of Randy's dumbed down his skill for this match, and oh, it's yeah. against someone mm. who's clearly like he he's a bruiser. He can take an absolute beating, but he's not. He's not a, a skilled athletic wrestler. He hasn't got yeah. the technique. He can
3: just take yeah. a lot. It it speaks to the 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 desperation of uh Randy the Ram to to make money. I mean, you don't mm. get the Hulk Hogans and the Ultimate Warriors of the World going into these deathmatch scenes and mm. I mean, yeah, it it does it does sort of belittle that scene because it's, it's what he's resorting to, but yeah, it, it obviously leads to his heart attack. So I mean to, to to bring on a heart attack in the ring I don't think would have had as much of an impact had he, uh, had Randy been in a, in a generic wrestling match and then just kind of broken down, you know, that kind of added no. a layer to it that he, no. that he had to go to that extreme, but it was just ultimately too much.
0: Yeah. So, to sum up, at the end of our episodes, we tend to go around and kind of talk about one thing that we would change in the film. I wonder from... Yeah, from any, anyone, what's, what's something that you would have either changed or added or how would you have made it better?
3: Speaking expertly, No, I have two if that's okay. One's a very quick one which, which is with regards to wrestling and then another is sort of a note on the film. The so
1: harsh. Two. So two. harsh. Hated the film hated it <laughs> we're, we're highly critical on the old cheap pop wrestling us
3: which is available on apple google and spotify uh, nice FYI. cheap plug uh, for the cheap pop don't worry yes, that, that, that your bio again or... <laughs> thank <laughs> you appreciate you appreciate it um no but one one thing that i guess uh is is an old classic in wrestling which i think is is outdated and really shouldn't be gone to anymore is the whole usa versus everyone theme mm. Which I get it, like during the I guess yeah, sixties, seventies, eighties, it's it's been around for so long and, and you know, it puts arses in seats and it I guess sends the crowd home happy if you're really into America and that's that sort of thing. I mean, country rivalry can be can be good if it's, you know, put into like a spirited competition context, but it's it always ends up with USA getting the win over Bulgaria or Iran or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm yeah a little bit of an outdated thing there I mean I get why it's happening in this movie because it's it's an old rivalry from the 80s and that's a classic 80s storyline so I guess it's a good nod to wrestling but um from the from the film perspective i the film's not very long and I feel like they they got the balance wrong with a couple of the relationships so I would have loved to have seen more of the the father daughter dynamic and mm. a little bit less. Of of Cassidy, um, I mean, just the the lifeline for Randy um, at the end, where it's like, follow me, you know. Let's have this family life, leave this behind. I would have loved to have seen that from the daughter's perspective, um, mm. and then just have the have uh, Cassidy as more of a um, more of a supportive friend on on the side, because mm. now we're supposed to believe that. I mean, we didn't get to see too much of of Randy interacting with her and her kid, so so that 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 family dynamic or that potential for a, that three person family just didn't. Like I wasn't rooting for it as much as 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 the uh, as the relationship with the daughter. So I'd have just like to have tweaked that balance a bit, you know.
0: I like I like that I like that as a point. Yeah. Hmm. Anthony. Interesting. I think.
1: I think one of the big things for me was just, again, touching on the context of the life of a wrestler. Like, I think think you can experience this film in two very different ways. You know, you can either know a bit or a lot about wrestling, being a wrestling fan, and you you understand from the get-go, kind of after his first match, you know, how he's broken and exactly why, you know, and what that lifestyle is. You know, you, you understand more about the distance between him and his daughter i think watching it without any of that context i think it becomes blurred a little bit so mm. it, it would have been good you know to to hear a little bit about that and again to hear just a little run through of the injuries that he's had in the past you know the the operations that he's mm. had you know it's there's nothing more terrifying than when you hear an old wrestler one of the old boys run through all the things he's had replaced mm-hmm. in his own body it's mm. terrifying um like so i just yeah that that kind of a little more context into the the war that he's been through that that was his life really i think i think would have just would have really made you kind of willing to just give it up uh you know i think that frustration it just it it brings that frustration frustration where you're just thinking you know why why continue um but it also helps you probably understand the the addiction that, that he's going through as well in terms Mm of walking between the ropes. Um, And yeah, and just some, you know, they could could have done a lot with, again, flashbacks to his glory days maybe, or, you know, again, just, yes, a little more time on those relationships. You know, was there an opportunity to cut back to his daughter during that last match? You know, cut back to Cassidy, maybe, you know, on her way home again, or, you know, being heartbroken in the crowd cut back to his daughter who is sat at home thinking should i have mm. should i have handled that better should i have not kind of being torn up about it um and then him you know taking the selfish decision um and probably about to cause both those people even more pain after you know the credits roll and you know he's he's, he's died in the ring effectively because what trauma mm. does that bring on for those two women um, after yeah. all that but I mean I'm saying all this it's all nice to haves I still think it was a it was a pretty pretty damn good I remember it I remember it coming out and being one of my favorite films of the year I remember rooting for it at the Oscars and the BAFTAs just because it was you know it was such a fun it is such a fantastic film
2: hmm. I mean like at the Oscars um, Mickey Rourke lost uh, lost out to uh, to uh, what's his name in Milk um, for the leading man yeah And um, Sean Penn Tame, Sean Penn yes lost out to Sean Penn in Milk and Marissa may lost out to uh, Invicta Cristina Barcelona um, which I'm not sure you know, that, it, okay. it was a, an, an interesting choice um, for, for an Oscar but um, but yeah like it was really really critically well received the film um, all around and, and like Darren Aronofsky the, the director he he's done some amazing films as well like it was that it was the, the wrestler yeah. followed by Black Swan like a couple of years later yeah. like it really hit a purple patch you know after he did Requiem for a Dream like mm-hmm. um, five or ten years before he's he's re- a really good director and yeah. so it was really well received as well
1: and like, he he wasn't even nominated for for it in yeah. the Oscars like and I mean, I, I won't. I won't get into it. I won't get into it. But um, *Slumdog Millionaire* won that year, and I'm not gonna lie. We've done different... so well. Don't rant now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a, a cheap off-affiliated podcast if I didn't get on my high horse. But no, it's fine. You know what do I know? What do I know?
0: <laughs> do we need to do a, a part two on on one of your episodes because they're longer than ours? You can have all the rants you like. Yeah, we
3: would love to have you on for the predictions. B- yeah, if you know more, Ooh. see if you know more about us. See if you beat our
2: <laughs> the, the thing that I'd change, uh huh, um, it's a bit too violent for me. And there was moments that I was watching. It, I was like, "Why are we watching this like death match? What 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 is this adding?" But actually, after the chat this evening, I kind of it feels more justified in that it takes you into the world mm. and it's not something that I have really appreciated before exactly but the the levels of, of difficulty yeah. and the number of people that really they, they go through it because they have to
1: yeah and and also and also enjoy it. some guys on on the indie scene it is literally you know they turn up for work sometimes they'll wrestle two matches in a day and sometimes they'll turn up for one and they go okay so you're on in fourth spot against the necro butcher Oh, in a bad wire exploding death match, um, and then you've got a couple of hours to prepare for that. <laughs> like you, you don't, you don't always get the choice, um, and it's the case of you know, do I take fifty dollars for doing a simple match, or do I take the two hundred for the the marquee mm-hmm. match, which is going to absolutely ruin, ruin my body, and as well, you know, the other thing that we never touched on um, is the the whole insurance aspect in that. You, you, you don't get it as a professional wrestler. And yeah. certainly in America, you know, f- you're not getting any a- NHS treatment for, you know. Uh,
0: the, see, this an is, animal, is one of the things, you, that is one of the things thing. that I actually wanted to to maybe change in this is that he leaves hospital and then they never touch on the fact that I, because I remember watching that thinking, who's going to pay his medical bills mm-hmm. now?
3: Nobody. Yeah. Tens yeah. of yeah. thousands that.
0: Yeah, he had yeah. a bypass, right? So mm-hmm. a yes, really he did, yeah. a really expensive operation. Mm. He doesn't have the money for that. He doesn't really have money for for rent or for the painkillers that he's taking at the moment, let alone
3: Yeah. that. I'd, I'd assume he's, he's going to get some letters with mm. with with medical bills. Um uh, yeah. That's just how it is. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. No, Miss the NHS
3: me.
1: well that'll happen when you uh, decide to get married and flee the country and uh, not tell your family what you've done but anyway that's another story for another time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, every episode I'll never let you forget it because I'm incredibly jealous (laughs) weather's (laughs) nice here (laughs) though
0: yeah no I think I, I wanted to see a little bit more but yeah, such a silly thing. But I think because I work for the NHS, I, I I really I noticed that that's probably a big factor, and they've kind of brushed over the fact that now he's got a huge bill. Um, mm-hmm. and and I would have liked to have seen um, yeah, some more nuances in the relationship with his daughter. Like you said, Luke. Um, I think it was I think it was very rushed, and it did feel like a bit of a um an estranged father's fantasy about how that reconciliation would go. Um, I didn't completely believe it. Um, And it would have been great to see some context or some flashbacks to what his heyday really was like. You could do them. in. I mean, uh, during that final match, like you could have a couple of flashbacks where he's almost like having small little blackouts, you know, it wouldn't have to be a big thing. I think that could have been kind of a cool way of doing it and almost that would then make more sense why he decides to to jump off the top at the end because he's mm-hmm. it's almost like i'm trying to get back to that thing that i'm seeing when i black out
1: yeah or, or even even you know there's, there's there's a nice scene where you know he brushes off the, the nintendo and invites the kid in and you know mm-hmm. they're, they're playing the old video game you know have him watching old videotapes you know um, yeah. You know whether whether it's with the kids or you know it, it's another night where you know he's gone home with a girl and he's watching again you know reliving the glory days talking her through the you know yeah. cut to a promo of of a big event or whatever it might be. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Lots of ways it might have been in there and then they had to cut it. Yeah. Who knows? The directors
1: cut perhaps. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean the film the film did perfectly well without our input. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we say. to say? Oh, I've got I've got
2: I've got Darren's uh, got Darren's email. I just uh, just yeah. sent him a quick one now. Yeah, does
1: A couple of suggestions for you for the sequel. <laughs> God, My biggest, biggest concern is did he get the pin at the end?
0: Oh I know. <laughs> like he no idea.
1: If you landed on him, alive
3: or not, the referee would have counted the fall. I hope so. At the very least.
0: i i like to think he did i i reckon even if he had died on top of ayatollah i think he he would have lain there and let him get the pin i really think he would have
1: it was at the point when they tried to raise his arm and they couldn't lift him when they realized they were in trouble (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. but it was it was a a heartbreak it was a heartbreaking film but i Mm. i think it was a pretty yeah from my impression anyway a pretty good representation of some of these yeah. what some of these men go through absolutely certainly so, so yeah.
3: did a lot to disprove the, the the hokey perception of wrestling didn't it you mm-hmm. know maybe the violence in the movie had to go there as a um you know as a nod to the people who who do call it the dreaded f word mm-hmm. a- true
1: um, i mean what'd be interesting yeah. so i mean this is probably a question that i could have asked earlier on um but kev you came with us to um, watch the WWE in Blackpool, the uh, NXT UK final. Um, I did. It was amazing. So Jealous. there is...
0: there is awesome.
1: It was incredible. Um, keep your WrestleManias in, in <laughs> America, Luke. You've, you've, Would that be you've, three of them? Three three. WrestleManias? Yeah, if, if you've not been to the I'm Winter lucky. Ballrooms um, to watch a good old bit of British wrestling, uh, you, you've never lived... But there is something; it's different to when you watch it on TV, watching it live, to see the ring, to hear it, to hear uh-huh. the mat, and you know, get those sounds and that kind of atmosphere.
4: Uh-huh.
1: W- were you surprised? Do you remember? Were you surprised by it? Was it again? And you you touched earlier on like the athleticism and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. My favourites are. I mean, I was all about Mandrews and will osprey that night i i love the gymnasts um it's a bit like when i watch any kind of combat sport i actually i prefer the lighter weights because i like the agility Mm -hmm. um i think having done boxing for a bit myself now i have got more of an appreciation of the bigger guys and the, the stamina, the fitness that they've got to keep going like that is incredible. But I still like, I like the agility of the, the sort of the lighter weights. Um, yep. No, I, for my shame, I loved it. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I She'll think be I was,
0: I, I shouted as much as anyone, I think um, that night there's, I mean, I could go into it for a, a long time, but the mentality of crowds, um, and the, the the kind of the, the de-individuation that happens there as well. We kind of lose our morals when we're in a big crowd of people who are yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very infectious and contagious too. You know, we want a spectacle and we do kind of forget that that's real people and real people's bodies that are going through this stuff.
1: I, I, absolutely. The, the, the two chants that i've i've like chanted live i've like been really into it and there's been a moment where i've kind of stopped and thought I, have you heard what you're saying like have mm. you you know and it's the it's the um it was the walter's gonna kill you <laughs> walter's gonna kill you and then mm. I, and you, you're taunting someone with that and then at one point you're thinking i've actually am i encouraging an actual murder and then um the, the classic one and apologies for the terrible language but you're gonna get your head kicked in um which when there's when there's thousands of people everyone in the room is all chanting that at one point the adrenaline that goes through that crowd and Mm -hmm. the level of violence that you know you're about to see because there is there's levels of of the violence and obviously some of it is incredibly staged but especially in britain and japan there's a strong style which is incredibly stiff yeah it's it's about you know th- there's men and women that just enjoy the level of pain that they get from it and they're quite happy yeah. to fight. And, uh, and so
0: you're currently wearing a British strong style t shirt
1: representing the mustache mountain,
0: uh huh. With my big also,
1: hairy me, face,
0: uh,
2: fa- thank you because now we have to put a, an explicit content on the
1: uh, on the podcast that we've <laughs> <away. laughs> you, you can bleep it in the edit, you can bleep it in the edit, uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right, you, you totally become feral and. Lose yeah. your mind over yeah. what what you're seeing.
0: Yeah, but I, I I do I enjoy the ones which are clearly more about the fact that they are athletic than um mm. than when it's it's violent. I'm not a huge fan of like the chairs and the tables and the even the canes coming out and things like I mean, that. It's, it's worth not it for me
2: in the film to show the levels that people go to degradation. Yeah, in order to serve the the money that they're paid, but from yeah like in in the yeah it's a bit much i'm yeah. not yeah. used to the hello baby.
0: you're more of a lover than a fighter I, aren't yeah,
1: you? i am sorry guys uh, he's the best of us
0: uh, he is never change thank-
1: dave never change
0: <laughs> but thank you so much guys thanks for coming on and chatting thank to you. us and yes, analyzing a film with us
1: yeah yes it was fun we need to find another film about wrestling we could do beyond the mat that'll be interesting Dave, th- that really opened Dave's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> there's, I mean, there's there's a few. There's Fighting With My Family. Yeah. There's, yeah, the there's some movie, of the yeah. documentaries. Yeah.
1: In fact, there's, there's currently a, a bit of a war going on because there's two separate companies making two different films about Vince McMahon. So Ooh. there is a Ooh. character you want to dive in on. Ooh. There's a personality for you.
0: I'm not sure I want to do that with the potential for a massive lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't got the money for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I do turn to professional wrestling. That's <laughs>
3: Used up all the money on those Undertaker drones, eh? Yeah, yeah that's
0: it. Are.
3: Nice callback. Hey, there's a callback for you. Yeah, nice yeah. callback.
1: He's a pro. He's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, thank,
3: but... thank you, Um just yeah i just want to say once again thank you for peer pressuring us into into beginning our whole thing um <laughs> and um yeah this this the whole process the whole creativity of, of doing podcasts we've we've loved it um and uh yeah obviously we've, we've loved today loved being on and uh yeah can't wait to chat to you again love to have you on ours sometime for sure absolutely
2: yeah, That be I'll, awesome. Yeah. i'll get up on some wrestling
3: lingo <laughs> <laughs> so the difference between a couple of different things if yeah. you if you could we're, we're actually hiring death match correspondents so if you want to do, <laughs> yeah. deep, deep dive into those you, you can sure. go and talk about that scene uh, uh... <laughs> 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 o- open invitation
2: <laughs> thanks man i'll stick here with my, my little pony i'm good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, no well i've I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast. It's not only because it means that I get to listen to my friend Anthony's voice a bit more often than I get to now I live down south again, but also because you guys are incredibly entertaining. you are great for pushing the women's division, which I massively appreciate. I, oh, think I mean so. I mean
1: I am I'm not so sure about Luke he's he's got some issues he's trying to work <sighs> through but um
3: this is slanderous.
0: <laughs> slanderous
1: we we try we try but we you know it's it's the same with you guys in your podcast you know it's it's not gonna we're not doing a whole love fest thing but it's hmm. when you're talking about something that you're passionate about that you love and you're doing it with people that you get on with and you can have some good good old bants sorry i use the word i hate it but there it is it's out there in the universe um it's all good it's all good and and we get to do things like this this is ridiculous who who allowed us to be able to talk into microphones and then put it on the internet surely it it shouldn't be allowed
0: it's the true democracy and it meant that me and anthony got to ditch the rest of our uni friends for an evening because normally we're on a a uni friend zoom call right now and we had to tell them we were doing something more important
1: absolutely and this is a great test because this will test if they actually listen to our podcasts or not Mm. i don't think
0: they do (laughs)
1: Oh, you have little faith, Cavan. Oh, (laughs) unbelievable. Of course they do. They're our number one fans. I think, Uh, well,
0: I want to say um, hello to the people of Denver as well because it seems like we have so many fans there.
1: Denver, Colorado. You too?
0: I think we have one or two. We're we're moving from the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States at the moment. Down to
2: Africa and across, yeah.
1: Wait till you... Wait, wait till you break Fiji. That's a big moment. That's, that's <laughs> exciting. Right, talks,
3: that's why they've got us on, eh? They? They're, they're, they're trying to crack Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have been, been some help. <laughs> <Glad to know. laughs>